Are you ready for this? Get ready for this. It's been a minute since we've done one. It's been, it's been a minute. That's faux show. Do you remember how it starts? No. Can you remind me? You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your helpful hosts, Eddie and Matt. You know, I was thinking about this introduction the other day since it's been a while since we've done this. Uh huh. It's been a while since we've done the old Twitch show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So I'll be waiting for you to uh, do that one to try and remember that it's uh, yeah. the. Oh, shit. What is it? The the No Class Live Show or something like that. I don't think we, don't think we ever really nailed that down. And you know what's funny was I've been I, I'm telling myself I've actually been watching some YouTube videos. I'm still not. I feel bad. We do a podcast and I really don't listen to a lot of podcasts. But I do, of course, listen to this whole dungeon. Um, and a few other ones, but I have caught myself watching some YouTube, uh, people, influencers or whatever. See, I try not to watch any of them that are RPG related. Really? So that it's not like, Hey, that was our idea. Yeah. Yeah. So of course everyone listens to this old dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. But a lot of them I try not to just so it's not like you're regurgitating that dude's well, and you got to figure, I've just recently started watching these. So a lot of these points that I've come up with for our topic, I, I got those organically or well, whatever. Yeah. And know. some of it's just going to be like, water is wet. It's like, what? That's a wholly original idea. What? Um, but yeah, now I hear you. Um, but what I was getting at was we have our intro, but we've never really, I mean, I, well, I guess our outro is the whole, uh, you know. Were you going to say we don't have an outro? We've the, got an intro the, and an outro, the, the, sir. The, who did you, how did you, uh, you know, the clock on the wall, you know, whatever. Yeah. I guess, yeah, we did finally fix, fi- we kind of <laughs> fixed on that. Yeah. Because originally I did something like keep those dice hot or something <laughs> like that or whatever. That was, that was early on. Like man. episode three or four and yeah. it didn't last very long. No, no. But that's one of the interesting things. The little joys for the people that have been listening for a long time mm-hmm. that they can go from like, I remember back when we didn't pass our luck checks and we didn't have hit points on the clock on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Larry, uh, man, cool video. I'm glad you posted that, the unboxing. Glad you got that. Yeah, me and Eddie picked out some choice things for you because we appreciate you, man. Wanted you to have that stuff. I'm glad he forgot he sent us money because it's about that time again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long Con Spring tickets Mm -hmm. are on sale right now. So Yeah. Yeah, as Eddie pointed out, I mentioned, hey, why don't we talk? with uh dragons just about a games day and he said i'll do you one better let's do the spring con that every the people have spoken and so and people have bought quite a few tickets for it i remind you the have price they? well yeah anyway i remember the price is pretty reasonable and on top of that the money will be going to our good friends at the dragon's nest who as always are so kind to open their doors to us you know, in, in numerous capacities or whatever. So they are not charging us. This right. is our voluntary, like, yeah, the, the money goes support to your friendly yeah. local game shop. Exactly. They didn't ask for this. We just thought, well, compelled out of decency that we they should get some money for this. They're always so, they're just wonderful people. And that's just such a great store. Um, and then if we end up having a second Sunday, and I'm, I think we're going to get there, uh, <clears throat> that money's going to go to a charity. A rather, Children's Village. Children's Village, yeah. Our good friend, you know, Matt, uh, had you know, we talked with him because back in the day we used to uh, donate 
things to the uh, gosh, I can't believe I can't think of it now. Willow Bend. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, WBC. Yeah, like Willow Bend Boys Home or whatever it was. And, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're glad to be partnering up with Matt again and to help a, what is a worthy cause. And this, the other one used to get, I think, uh, state monies, which is what was their uh, undoing. But this place is strictly uh, charitable donations. So we're really tickled to be paired with him with this. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, so hope, definitely if this goes two days, know that the money's going to good causes. A, you know, Dragon's Nest, who are so phenomenal. And B, going to the... Um, yeah, this other charity we're excited about. And one day we'll figure out how to do one of these things and make money for ourselves. Wouldn't that be nice? But I'm thinking, I'm wondering if this year's uh, November con, if we can't do something for Camp Rain Man or something. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe, but maybe, yeah. maybe we'll also be doing Children's Village again. Maybe. Maybe we can even do like a, like a 50-50 or something. Because, you know, as, as we were saying before is, uh, you know, autism is a cause that's, that's near and dear to our hearts. So anyway, but yeah. Okay. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but it's been a minute and blah, blah, blah. That's what happens when it's been a minute since we've done one. Yeah. And we're generally at the top. We talk about long con and that's, this always segues into that. Yeah. Cause long con spring. Yeah. Badges are on sale now. Mm-hmm. I think uh double R said he'll probably come out and run some games on Sunday. That's assuming there's a Sunday. Yeah, if there's a Sunday, yeah. That's a big assumption right now. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, ifs and whats and buts right there. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess we should also mention that Etten Games is having an everything but 5th edition day. I'm really excited about that. David's a good but friend of ours, and, we, and Etten Games is just, I, I love the old location. I can't wait to see the new one. It's pretty fantastic. Oh, you have seen it. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see it. It's always fun to hang out with David, and I'm really tickled to be playing games other than, you know. And our boy John W. moved down there. That's right. It might be a chance to hang out with old, yeah, because John's, I hate we couldn't make it to his farewell thing in Dallas. Me and Heather had uh, RSVP'd, but there was all that rain and nasty weather, yeah. and now, so. So that is on... The 11th of March, I believe. Yes, you are correct. The 11th of March, that Saturday, but I, but as well the Sunday there. So I yeah, think it's probably like 11, 12. 12, something like that. I believe so, yeah. The key date is the 11th. Absolutely. If you want to look that up. Yeah. It's on meetup.com, I think, yeah. and they're selling, they're not doing badges, I think they're doing tickets, so each individual event. Mm, yeah. But you, So there's no overall charge like what we do. Mm-hmm. We charge you to get in the door and then... You go hog wild. So yeah. they're not charging you to get in. They're just charging you to sit down. Yeah, yeah. Which not to say you couldn't come out, maybe spectate if you wanted to just, I want to see what that game's about. I mean, you don't feel comfortable playing or don't want to invest that much time, which I think they're going to do some shorter slots. They're talking about yeah, four-hour slots for some, but some are going to be, what, one- or two-hour slots. So don't feel like you're you're tied down for or you don't have that attention span or something. your so comfort level. Hopefully that works out pretty well for them, but. Yeah, always happy to support Etten because Etten is always happy to support us. Yeah, I invited David to come to our con some years ago, and he's been every time since then. And we just love to see David. He's always got so much cool stuff at his booth, you know. So Yeah, and he's going to make it even bigger the next one he comes to. Oh, he's making yeah. his booth even bigger. Yeah, which is already one of the biggest booths. So, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. David's always got a really just... I'm like, where do you find this stuff? It blows my mind. He's a treasure hunter. We've got to get him back on the podcast for that. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. And then he's got his Gary Gygax story to tell us. 
are you are you teasing me then? Mm-mm. Oh, did I tell you? So I went to him and asked him about that whole story. Turned out he's like, dude, I don't know where you got that. But really? And I, I said, well, you should have just went along with it. it would be a, he said, no, it's a hell of a story, and I wish it was the truth. He goes, that's a complete fabrication. It wasn't me. So it turned out it wasn't him after all. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, which I hate that because it's a hell of a story. But there was a guy who's, who's, like when I looked at the guy's page, he posted a story about going to see Gygax with some friends to game. And this is probably a few years before Gygax passed away. And there was one guy that had a bunch of collectibles. Who does that sound like? Now, was it a few years or was it back in the day? Because the original telling of the story I got made it sound like it was back in the day, like after he was out of TSR, yeah, yeah. but not... Okay, well, this was after he was Like right TS- before he died. No, this was af- after TSR. 2000s. And this would have been yeah, a time when, yeah, when it's like basically he was kind of humbled and back at, you know, whatever, you know, decent but meager you know, residence by comparison. He didn't have what they call it, dragon realms or his old homestead with 28 Persian horses or something. No, no, he, he had been humbled, and but he'd still love to have the fans come and play on his back porch or something. And so these guys made it like they, like they rented a Suburban, to hold, to hold all of them comfortably, and they tracked, trekked up to Lake Geneva because he was living there, right? Yeah. And um, one guy, and also for the Suburban, was the back end of it was full of all these ooh-la-la old-school collectibles for him to sign. And he diligently was a good sport and signed every damn bit of it. They're on the way back, full of mirth and joy. They got to game with the great when Gary Geick's on his own back porch. Well, this was a rented Suburban or something. The thing caught fire. And they freaked out and they all bailed out of the vehicle before they could get all the collectibles out. I mean, whoosh, the whole vehicle just went up and all those collectibles were burnt. So from the guy, when I was telling the story, was Facebook friends with David. So I thought, well, there's that. And I think who would probably have a bunch of cool collectibles? That sounds like Dave to me. He's always been able to get his hands magically on some real rare and I don't know, for whatever reason, in my mind, I wanted to think, even from his description of his buddies he went with, that it might have been, nah, it wasn't David, apparently. Or else he's just so heartbroken, he's not willing to admit that was him that lost all of his He cool blacked stuff. it out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, oh, well. So now we're on the quest to track that one down. So if yeah. you've heard this story before, and it's some kind of urban legend, let us know. Like, Matt, that's the plot to this movie. <laughs> Maybe I was like drunk when I watching something. I'm like, there, was a story. there was this one time when I was a little kid, these aliens landed and I found this alien blaster and I was going down the road shooting stuff. Do you remember that movie? That's like star quest or something. Oh, is that, like that really bad? Uh, Mark it's Hamill awful. movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen it. It's a, a oh, but it's blast, not, but it's not blast. Mark Hamill. I don't think. Well, there, there's one that came out a long time ago where it was like claymation aliens and he finds a thing and it, his eyes get all black circles. No, that was actually Mark Hamill before he hit it big with Star Wars. But see, I think if it's in that Laser movie Blast. is a knockoff of Star Wars because they blow up a Star well, Wars well, sign or well, something. That was around the same time or something, maybe, yeah. Now, see, now you're going to make me want to Google it. Well, while yeah. he does that, we'll just carry on the podcast please by ourselves, do, listeners. Please, please, dear. Laser Blast, 1978. Yeah, Star Wars came out what? What year did that come 77? out? 77? Yeah. I am not a Star Wars fanatic, so I don't have okay. to know that. Let's see. 1978 American science fiction film about an unhappy teenager loner who discovers an alien laser cannon and goes on a murderous rampage seeking revenge against those he feels have wronged him. The extremely low budget film was directed by Michael Ray and produced by Charles Band, who's widely known by producing B movies, starring Kim Milford, Cheryl Smith, and Gianna Russo. The film featured Keanu Wynn and Roddy, Roddy McDowell. Oh, and marked the screen debut of actor Eddie Deason. 
Okay, so I guess yeah, the guy. But I think that's probably they picked him because he looked a lot like Mark Hamill. Probably because look, look, I mean, in the oh yeah, 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 the, the demo. So yeah, I, when you said it, I had to had to double think it. Yeah, but I yeah, was like, no, it I had to out, think I, twice. I guess it was Eddie the, D's nuts. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, nineteen seventy. I mean, it's it's bad. But if you had said, "What's the Beastmaster's name?" Is that Mark? Singer. Yeah, Mark Singer, and he just had a birthday. If you had said he was in that movie, I kind of would have believed that too, because you would think he would probably look, yeah, like Mark Hamill at a young age too. Well, like, who's the guy who's a contemporary actor who's fairly popular, and he looks a lot like Mark Hamill? Like if and they were talking about, they did some CGI stuff to put Mark Hamill into the Mandalorian. You could have just got that guy to, to play a, a younger, like uh, what's he? He was the the. Um, What's the Soviet metal arm Marvel character? He's Bucky, but you know, he went into he was frozen, and they did weird experiments on him, and now he's the Russian soldier. Or oh something. yeah, the, the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. Yeah, that guy looks. Uh, I've seen pictures of him that when his hair's dyed, styled the right way, dude. That's Mark Hamill, practically. You know. Okay, when they make the no class podcast movie, uh-huh. who was going to play us? I don't think you could find two guys this ruggedly handsome. I was going to say Brad Pitt and Clooney. <laughs> don't put that on me unless you're... You, I'm unless giving him I'm, the Cloon. No, no, please don't. I'm not near that smug. <laughs> you, you'll have to get there. <laughs> I'll have to work on being just the smuggest bastard around. But anyway. Um, uh, all right. You already wound down? <laughs> I'm full of... Uh, today we're not fueled by uh, barbecue. We're fu- fueled by buffet. So am I s- Which is one thing that I have to say. Longview does not have good Chinese, Chinese buffet. buffet. No, we really don't. That's one thing I wish we did have. Yeah, it's and, and I'm okay. Argue with you on that. Yeah, the Hugh Pay is okay, but it's not. I've had much better. Remember when we used to be over in the big leagues in Shreveport and Bossier mm-hmm. and uh, the China flag? Uh-huh. It's. I've heard it's gone really downhill now, well, but, but it used to be great. But it's and the damnedest thing. Like when Chef Lee's first came out, Chef Lee's. that was the best thing since sliced bread. And that's why suddenly there were three of them or whatever. And then all of a sudden they started resting on their laurels and the quality went down. And guess what? All the Chef Lee's on the out of business now. Here comes China Flag. Yeah, and they kind of made a name for themselves. And then, and you know, what is it like? They can't keep that level of quality up or something. I don't know. It seems like a lot of restaurants do that, though. Yeah. They get it to a certain level and then they start dropping off. But it's a shame. But like that, that general, I love a general so's chicken, but that general so's didn't look right today. I didn't get the general. I was like, Ooh, and they didn't have the little corn nuggets. The general looked like he'd gone bad, huh? He's pretty much gone over to the other side. Exactly. Yeah. He'd, he'd sold out to the enemy or something. I don't know. See, I'm okay with sweet and sour chicken, but anything that's already there waiting in the sauce, Mm -hmm. I let it go because it's just going to get, Soggy. Yeah. Let it go. Well, see, the general is supposed to be more of a, a thick, tacky sauce that kind of can, and, you know, but I guess because it's going to sit in a heating pan, mm-hmm. they're like, we'll start off a little runny. Well, they went way too runny today. And it was like, did not, it did not look right. I won't tell our dear listeners what it looked like, but it didn't look right. Wasn't right. Well, in RPG news, Uh-oh. we've got uh, Creative Commons. Oh. Is now where they've filed the, I guess, the new, like the uh, open game license is mm-hmm. still going to exist. Uh-huh. And in the future, when for, I guess, 6E is going to uh, be under the Creative Commons. Okay. Which is supposed to be super irrevocable, can't touch it out there for everybody. Okay. What do you think? 
Well, a lot of people on the internet are talking about, you know, the damage is done, the goodwill has been damaged, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, there's been no goodwill on my part with Watsy for over a year. But, um, and I was just telling Eddie the story on the way over, there's one of the executives, if you'll Google a little bit, that just was on a podcast and said some really concerning things that just really, when you're, when you're already on the ropes, you're going to say this kind of stuff, but whatever. But I think people are like, they don't trust them anymore. Um, I don't any farther I could throw them I, I don't and and no they need to be humbled um and there's so many really 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 great games out there or keep playing fifth edition but don't please don't give them any more of your money they need to they need to learn their lesson and uh, they've just got greedy and grubby and and they've just really done a disservice to the the, the hard and it's all good to engender more fans or get new people in the hobby we got you got to keep the hobby alive i'm the first one to say that but don't alienate the people that kept your hobby alive for all those years and they're really doubling down even now they're doubling down on alienating a lot of their core fan base or whatever it's just it just blows my mind but but the thing i remember the the creative commons thing i was curious about i mean what what does that mean specifically you, see, I don't know. What what does that mean? What is that? I would like to say I've heard a lot more about it on the video game side. Huh. Where it's kind of like free to use after this. Like do your okay. own mods and stuff like that. But one thing I'll say is the language and the way they said, if you're really paying attention, there's nothing that says they still couldn't come back and completely shoot down the OGL. Just FYI. I've, I've read, I've watched enough. I talk about these YouTube videos. I've watched enough, listened enough, done my own research. They've talked, came back, said, all right, all right, we'll leave the OG on place. But basically what that means, region lines is for now, they could still come through and knock that, knock the legs out from under all these third parties. So a lot of third people are jumping ship. They're running away. They're, they're not going to lean. They're not going to hitch their wagon to that anymore because again, they don't want to be like a yo-yo snatched away again. Number one, uh, you know, is is that yeah? People are just very leery of them. You know, the whole OGL thing. Um, I know that Matt Mercer. The the rumor is him and the gang at um, Critical Role or whatever are working on their own role playing games because they have their own printing uh, brand. You know, I can't remember what the name of it is, but the, they publish some things through that for OGL third party. They're just going to do their own role playing game, and that way they're not beholden to anybody, and they get all the profit. Why why run someone else's RPG on your insanely popular show yeah why not you know so i think if they do their own system that's yeah. going to be a real kick in the ass to watch the Hasbro. Oh, absolutely and but should they ask for it you had built-in people promoting your game and you shot yourself in the foot mm-hmm. I, I have no sympathy but I, like i said the rumor is mercer and them are working on their own rpg cobalt uh cobalt press whatever they're working on their own rpg the black flag i think pazo's waiting in the wings or collaborating with them like they're working on it together anyway that's who they're going to hitch their wagon to maybe and they have their own game uh, pathfinder 2 which supposedly is different enough that it's not that worried about ogl either like pathfinder 1 if they were still promoting it and maybe that's why they moved away from it when they did i remember wondering why would you change to 2e well that you kind of have to too you can only try and sell that stuff for so long before you have to come out with new books yeah um and that's a lot of these companies but you know i'm so proud of talking about goodman games They've had their core book. It's been out now, hard to believe, ten years. As of this year, it's their game has been up and running for ten years. Guess how many times that they've made some major change to the book? Zero. 
it's the same book it was 10 years ago. Sure, they've re- done reprints, but it's the same book with maybe just a few typos changed or whatever, moved some language around a little bit. But ultimately, it's not like, well, let's radically change a book so we can make a buck. No, it is the same book it's been for 10 years. And I'm really proud of them for that, that it's not because that let's face it. Don't pull your head over your butt. It's a cash grab. Anytime a company goes, hey, our game's going really good. Well, it's time for us to completely reinvent it. And that's a cash grab, man. You know, your your game's going great. Why would you radically change it? But in a way, I think that's a bit of a necessary evil, at least for somebody as big as D&D. And that goes back to, it's is are there people in the company that are gamers or are they strictly businessmen? And yeah, from a businessman perspective, from a company with shareholders, yeah, hey, we need a big sudden cash investment. Let's make everybody run out and buy the three core books, the DMG, the Player's Handbook, blah, blah, blah. I mean, again, we're talking about this. Uh, there are some people that the, the uh, DCC book looks daunting. They're like, oh my God, that gigantic book. Calm down. If I held the Player's Handbook, the DMG, and the Monster Manual up together, it would be bigger than the DCC book. That's just it. The DCC book is all three things all in one book. How convenient how much would you save instead of paying $150 for the three books? You're going to get the one core book that's got everything in it for, what is the hardbound core DCC book anymore? 30 bucks or something, mm-hmm. 34, you know. So what a savings. And then you look at the Pathfinder 2 ebook. When I first saw it, I went, Jesus Louise, because it's like 600 pages. But again, they don't have a player's handbook and a DMG. It's all in one book. I will say that. It, it, and it, it pains me to defend Pathfinder 2e. But, yeah, I mean, it's anyway. And, again, getting that one book is cheaper than getting the three core books from 5e. Well, going back to DCC, DCC is reporting record sales Uh since Watsy kind of fumbled there. So that's good for Goodman Games. Yeah, Goodman Games, a number of companies, they'll buy like, well, let's have enough in our warehouse to cover for projected sales, the way things have been in the last few years. Goodman said they haven't sold like this since uh, the, the the inception of the of the game. Mm-hmm. He's talking about they've their warehouse is empty. Uh, Savage Worlds Pinnacle game, their warehouses are empty. So I laughed. There was one guy, one of these. I think it was Green Ronin or might have been Evil Hat, one of those shit asses. But that was saying that, uh, thank you, Watsy without trying to be too tacky or petty, that what we've been trying to get people to do for years is please just try some other game and that people wouldn't do it. You've done it in a couple of weeks. What we've been trying to do for years is get people to try. So even a lot of these trickle-down game companies are selling out like they've never sold before. And I think that's wonderful because what have I been screaming from the rooftops? Come on, man, try some other games. There's so many good games out there. And I'm not saying, like, fifth edition's great. Play it. It's not a bad system. But there's other systems that are just as good, and there might be one you might even like better. But you'll never know if you don't try them, you know. And that's what talking about cons. Some of that post recently, like, oh, I want to go to a con because I think it'd be a great way for me to try games before I buy them or see if I like them. And I, it's like, right. ding, 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 ding. This guy gets it. That's what cons are great for. You know, the example of like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't want to spend too much money on some game. Fine, I don't like it. Well, go to a con and play a game. You know, try it out. Kick the tires. Well, one of the cool concepts that uh, DCC was doing, too, is they have starter packs for your group. You can get like a five or a six pack of books. Uh, Castles and Crusades, uh, Troll Lords, they're doing the same thing, like the, the five pack. You can get like a DMG and five players handbooks or something like that, which in a monster manual for what was a really good price. Mm-hmm. And same thing. One also for, hell, this has been even before this OGL debacle or whatever that um, 
Goodman Games has been doing because you bought the MCC starter mm-hmm. kit, didn't you? Fan you kits. Got, yeah, the fan kits. You got a set of dice, the core book, wasn't it? The screen. And maybe, and maybe a, couple, a module or two. A couple of modules get you going. It was at hell. Like 50 bucks. Yeah, it was a steal. Because a set of dice is 30 bucks almost. So, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, you get a set of the weird dice? I'm like, dude, get on it. I mean, that's a heck of And they've been doing that for DCC, MCC. So that's included in their little five pack too. Oh, wow. So what's that? One hundred fifty dollars worth of dice. Wow! Yeah, that's phenomenal. So and they're really high quality. I mean, I gotta say, it's at first time I was like, damn, thirty dice. Well, you gotta think, you know, if people run out and buy a fifteen dollars set of dice. It's just the traditional dice. This is gonna have also the the five, the seven, the fourteen, the sixteen, the twenty four, the thirty. So I mean, you're getting a lot more dice, and they really are good quality dice. They're mm-hmm. really well made. And I'd like to say we're not being paid for this, all this advertising we're doing for them, but maybe we are because with this new reprint of the book that they're going to have to do, mm-hmm. I believe you're going to see a nice little long con ad in the back of it. What? So look oh, for that. That's that, a big deal. That was a cool ad. Who designed that? That was our buddy, creator of Raven's Rock. Oh, he did a great. I love that. I, I took a photo shot capture of it. I was like, that's cool. Texas-sized adventure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you guys will be seeing that soon in the back of a DCC book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For I, years I, and years. That's very exciting, yeah. Because they, they, there's a there's a need to do a reprint because they've sold out of the last print run. So that's I'm, I'm so happy for all these different game companies. Definitely Goodman as well. You know, we, a lot of love there. All right, here's one more question for you before we start moving towards the topic. Oh my. This is something that I was thinking about the other day and Not I said on the mouth. This would be good to uh bring it out and maybe get a discussion going. How many kickstarters are too many kickstarters? I'm glad you asked that because I've caught myself these are our friends and we joke about kind of uh, I don't know if I say this but like we kind of call it, it's almost like the Small press circle jerk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's rolling his eyes, and I think I'm quoting him, by the way. But um, but it's one of those things to where I love Levi, I love Lou. You know, um, God bless Skeeter. Recently had a heart attack. I hope he's mending well. We we know these guys. We hang out with these guys. You know, we 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 go to like NTRPG, and we end up going out and getting barbecue together, hanging out at each other's booths, and you know, shooting the breeze. It's a great bunch, and I and I really want to support them, but. God, there's a certain point where like there's no more room in my game room. And I turn around and hey, lucky you guys, we give this stuff away in our raffle or something at uh at Long Con, but we laugh even the stuff that gets raffled in Long Con <laughs> gets passed around like a drunk oh, yeah. girl on, you know, at the frat house or something. Well, it goes to NTRPG and their raffle and then it comes back and gets donated to us so it can get into our raffle. Or, or so it can go to or, yeah, MagCon. Yeah. yeah, that's where we end up going, Hey mate, that looks familiar. That's too funny. We should just start signing those things so that when they go from one place to another, we'll know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but back to your question, how many Kickstarters is too many? I don't know, but I'm, I need to draw a line, I guess, because I mean... I have pretty much stopped doing Kickstarters. Well, you know, one time I had a Kickstarter addiction. I'll, I'll tell them myself, you and I had this conversation, and I finally told myself, I've got to stop, and I quit doing Kickstarters like at, at all. But as we've gotten deeper into the being chummy with the small press guys i've caught myself when they kick something i'm like well i've got to that's my buddy that's my buddy but it's like god bless levi it's like he's doing a damn new kickstarter everywhere though he's getting to be like uh 
3.5 Watsy back in the day were like, uh, dude, you, you got a splat book every month. You need to kind of calm down a little bit. But I will say he's keeping the quality, the level of the content is good. I mean, the content's good. Eh, you know, why not? But yeah, I've, I've caught myself kicking more than I used to. And it's like, yeah, I need to probably back off. If, if, if for no other reason, I just, I don't have any space in my game room anymore. Like, where am I going to put this stuff? Hell, I had to uh, build an extra room on my game room, uh, build an ex- extension just to make room for the new uh, Weird Frontiers book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the last <laughs> RPG thing that I kicked was uh, Ben Burns' Zeta Complex. Which I kicked as well. And that should be coming pretty soon. Oh, I'm really Right excited. on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and kicked oh. Ravens. Yeah. Ben has always, i got to say, for anybody that, I mean, Ben Burns was that new comment these days. His stuff is the highest quality, great artwork, great layout, the, the the book material. I mean, they're well made, whoever he uses. Which is kind of funny as we've watched him go from his very first stuff uh-huh. to where it's like, yeah, that seems like about where we're at. Yeah, and yeah. then all the way to this like right. professional can, can compete with anybody. Yeah, and there's a reason why he's won like three castles now enough times that some people are getting butt hurt. But it's because the, he's got that level of professionality and it, it it's there. I mean, it shows, and it's really high quality content and good stuff. Yeah, I'm excited about getting my hands on the Zeta Complex stuff. Me too. Yeah, because I love. Uh, again, it's like one reason I kind of dote on Savage Worlds is. Uh, it's like, man, I miss the game Paranoia, but God, it's another rule set I got to try to jam into my you know brain. Nope. Now, I love that he did this for uh, Savage. Whoever recommend him to do that gets a, get a pat on the back. But um, you're welcome. Yeah, but but Savage Worlds is a good fit because uh, we know those rules and they're quick and they're high flying and pulpy and you know uh, it, it's swingy and crazy and fun. Especially the little tweaks he put on it for Zeta Complex. That's gonna be fun. I can't wait to see it. So the other thing that I kicked was the uh, Vampire Hunter D graphic novel. Okay, cool. And it's about a year over. It's expected delivery date oh boy so that's the other thing about kickstarters it gets it turns into a very crowded market Mm -hmm. and then most of our good friends out there that are small press publishers Mm -hmm. deliver on time oh yeah they're diligent most of them but there's been ones of those too where you're like wasn't that supposed to come out a year ago and i'll tell myself i kickstarted this printer one time that the way these people told it looked very professional very on the level uh, it was going to you know, break the paradigm. It was going to be the next coolest big thing in printing, and it was going to be able to do laser etching and this and this. Yeah, that was smoke and mirrors. I'm out for $100. Wow. Yeah, I'm not proud to admit that. It, and I'm, but it, and it, ta- it learned me something there. It taught me. I'm like, I'm not going to be willing to do, unless it's somebody I know like legit, like a big You can go to their house and or, slap them around. Yeah, or something like that where you're not going to get that kind of money out of me ever again. Well, Goodman right now has what dungeon denizens probably, which is their monster book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, not interested. Yeah. No, there's actually, I hate to say it, but like, I, I think I did empires of the East and I'm sorry, whoever did that. I'm just, I, I got it in my hands and I was like, I was kind of disappointed. And since then I've not been willing to, to kick that many things I, and I used to again like oh it's Goodman Games oh yeah I gotta kick it I gotta kick it ooh I gotta kick it no I'm 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 past that you know but 
listeners, we don't want you to get Kickstarter fatigue because we'll be hitting you up for it before you know yeah, it. I was going to say, if, let's say you see another product from Longcom Press, well, you got to kick that one. Because you know. we haven't overdone it. No, no. We you you got to admit we we haven't. No, certainly not. We've really been holding back. Exactly. Yeah, because we've got some things in the pipe, but you know. But if you started writing, I think you could be in that shape. If you started publishing, mm-hmm. where it'd be like, here comes another Matt Gullet adventure. Yeah, yeah. Every three months. But honestly, you've got a backlog of but, them. But I will say, I. But you know what? Part of it, and this is the truth. I've been tweaking this whole time, and I ran caverns at different so many different cons and different times at different cons it's like i've and i've gotten some good feedback every time and i've had some people that are noteworthy people from the industry that have played at my tables that have been like hey i love what you got there but here's here's an idea or whatever kind of thing that um i'm really excited when i get it out it's like will i be able to fit all that goodness into however many pages so how many pages have you got it up to now it's probably well. It depends. Once you start adding in artwork and stuff, it's going to be into the into the twenties, you know. So I don't want it to be too. How many pages was uh, uh, Casino? I think mine is about twenty twenty two, and, and, that's, and that's it's a little on the slim side. So you might have yeah. to consider that. But and that's what I'm saying. But there's something to be said for in there. There's like breakover points on printing and page count you have to have if you want two sides and blah 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 and all this kind of like you know I don't want to have like one of those, like a, this page left blank for printing or something like whatever yeah we'll see even though that's it'll say notes you know but um anyway I'm really excited we got the money now for artwork I've been in contact with some artists you know this is going to come down to now pretty much just uh, spruce it up a little bit more formatted. Editing, formatting, and getting the artwork. And well, let me ask you the million-dollar questioning. Question, questioning, question. <laughs> have you started the editing process? Have you started doing your layout stuff? No, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You know. <laughs> There's an evil laugh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, this guy knows, and I love. He's over here, like he's he's basically kicked me out of the nest, and he's like, "Better learn how to fly." You know, it's like. Come on, man. You can help me. He's like, nope, you're on your own. You know, which I don't blame him. He he the, did it all on his own. The first time I think you've got to do it as much as you can on your own. Trial by fire. The, like the advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Get somebody to look at what you're doing and yeah. push the margins back and forth. But it's it would be taking something away from yeah. you. And it's kind of like yeah. you can't learn to ride a bike for somebody exactly oh no and I, and, and you know I'm, we're, this is playful i'm not all I'm, I'm 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 excited about the process and i can't wait i'm just have a good sized chunk of time off and i'm going to utilize it i and i don't want to give any definite dates but i know in my mind i want it to be available to be kickstarted by x date but i feel like if i say that date eddie will go boy your expectations are incredibly unrealistic i'll so tell we'll you see. incredibly unrealistic expectations our buddy John W. John Watson. I yeah. I think before I said John W., but I'm allowed to say John Watson because yeah. he's a he's a published guy. He's out there yeah, in the no, world. He's, he's out there. He's published all kind of game material. So he wants us to have our playtesting rules ready by NTRPG. And buddy, I don't see that happening. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, yeah. talking about unreasonable. Now, what I will say is you should have yours ready to go by the long con for sure. Oh yeah, no. So my t- it'd be cool if it was ready by North Texas. Will it be? I don't know, but definitely by November, this stuff's going to be kicked. Your Kickstarter should be going on at the Long Con, if not 
before or something before, just yeah, because yeah. you get to point at people and go, did you yeah. kickstart my thing? Well, that was the thing I thought would be great if, if the Kickstarter was going on while we were at North Texas where I could look people down and go, hey, you did kick my thing, didn't you? you know? Okay, so yeah. are you going to have it ready to go? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I've got, to, I've got to wrangle the artwork and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. Uh, the one guy that's big into the DCC, MCC thing is that, is it Tim Schneider? Yeah, I think that's the name. So he had a poll up there the other day that was like, for your Kickstarters, do you you'd like to have everything done before you send it out the door? Mm-hmm. And I was, a lot of people said it, but I also said, yeah. Yeah. I like to have it 98% complete or whatever, so that by the time the Kickstarter is mm-hmm. done, you're going to send it to the printer, and that is that. People yes. will get their crap in a timely manner. Yeah, see what you will Ben, I've seen where he's in a Kickstarter and he wasn't completely done. And I'm like, wow, but he's the guy that can pull that off and does it. But I'm like you, I want to have everything done where the, if there's a holdup, I can go, it's not me gang. It's the printer, the, 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 the paper didn't come in from China or whatever, but it's not going to be me. It's going to be me going, well, let me throw something out into the bus because I'm not the one. I want everything to be done. Now, I will say I like the idea of stretch goals, and it might be like, hey, stretch goal could be extra artwork or something like that. Well, if we do something like that, that could delay because you got to wait for an artist to do the work, you know. That's where I say, and this could be like the dirty secrets of Kickstarter or that's, you know, a bad thing to say. But if you already have that artwork done wink, and you wink. make that a stretch goal, yeah, why not? Yeah, and there's that too. Yeah, it'd be like, well, I didn't really have the money for that, but I paid my own money out of pocket. Well, you know, wink, wink, whatever. And we'll see. And also, I'd love some input on stretch goals if anybody can think of some cool goals. And I know that I've talked with Marie a couple times now about doing an STL for it, like she did an STL for years. I'd love to have an STL as a stretch goal. I'd love to give Marie some money. Man, who knows? We'll see. Well, I might have somebody I can put you in contact with. Oh, okay. Now that I think about that it. That does STLs as well? Potentially, yeah. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, yeah. So, Which we're going to see Marie at SpringCon probably. We saw her at LongCon in November. Yeah, she does have a badge. Yeah, I, as usual, I put a bug in here like, I'd love to give you some of my money, you know, do an STL for me. See, you should just ask nicely instead of putting bugs in everybody's ears. That might be what's turning them off well, against well, you. I'm hoping it, my bugs need to be more like the ones from um, the Rathacon. Yeah, Star yeah. Trek. Where like, get the project done in a timely fashion or the thing will eat your brain. <laughs> I have the powder that will neutralize the earwig, you know. Chop, chop, mofo, you know. But anyway, ha, ha. All right. So, yes, so, there is such a thing as too many Kickstarters. Absolutely. Where that golden divide is at, I don't know. But, yeah, me either. But we're finding it with, with at least some people. And then in general, just having so much stuff on your shelf mm-hmm. and going like, I'm never going to use half this, so do I really want to add to it? Well, I've thought about trying to thin my shelves out a little bit. But it's kind of like these are like beloved children where I'm like, well, I could get rid of my old AD&D books. I know I'll probably never, ever run AD&D again. If I did, I would just run Osric or OSE or something like that. But I'm like, I've had those books since I was a kid. I just I can't imagine like I know they have a certain value, but nobody would ever be able to pay what the sentimental Sentimental, value is for me. And I'm just like, well, I got to keep those. But then you're talking three books right there. Yeah. And then I've got some of the old peripherals from it. I've got my the Oriental Adventures, the GDs and Demi guys. So does the Oriental Adventures mean that much to you? Nah. There you go. Not. See? Yeah, maybe I could let that When you go. start looking at it closely. Yeah. And that might be it. But it's almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say that, like, if, say, I start running Osric, which I have that book in softbound and hardbound form. But I'm that guy that, like, if we were going to, one time we were going to play, I didn't get to play. But the idea was, 
I like to be the guy to go, oh, here's my hardbound. Let me throw the softbound out in the middle of the table for everybody. Because there'll be that one person like, oh, forgot my book. Well, you can borrow the, the, the table copy, I, a softbound. I don't care if it gets beat up. You know, Hardbound, no, that's mine in my bag. Yeah, I've got you, you two know. copies of the DCC book at least. See? I've got two copies of the MCC book at yep, least. Yep, I used to have my hardbound DCC in my so- and the softbound was the table copy, as I call it. Throw it out. Two there. copies of Barbarians at least. Yeah, which I'm excited about. If yeah, was, my thought was if you're coming, I'm going to defer to you on Bodry. I know I introduced you to the game, but that's anymore. That's your baby. So yeah, definitely, I'm looking my baby. I'm forward to you running Bodry, and I want to again run something that uh, David has on his shelves. If he's got America, I'll run America. If not, who knows? Maybe I do Savage Worlds or something. You might want to look at uh, Caverns of the Dead God. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Good. I've heard a lot of good stuff. Yeah, maybe. Could yeah, I could run that. Run DCC. Why not? Why not? Run DC. Run DCC. Um, oh, oh, talking. One more thing about Caverns no. was uh, I ran that for Doug. But he ended up passing the copy to Nicole I gave him. And I told you, she <laughs> she went through and there's all red marks. Like so what was, was your grade school. at the end? An F, I believe. F, F minus. She, you know. But uh, no, no, no. But it was, I love that the, the red, I felt like I was back in grade school with the red marks. And it really, I realized just how many grammatical errors I had. That's one of those things that's going to be like, the people of today can't use red pens anymore because it's too harsh. Good Lord. No, I loved it, and I and I appreciate she did it. So yeah. But if you saw like that on, I don't know, Facebook, like some news, whatever said, it would not surprise me one iota. Red ink pens banned. Banned because, because people are getting butt hurt. You know, boohoo. Oh, the red, too many red marks hurt my feelings. Anyway, yeah. All right, now we get into the little <gasps> pop culture stuff. Oh my goodness! Do you oh, have? Wait a minute. Isn't this our best of episode? It will be. Eventually. Oh, okay. So, do you have any books or comic books that you have read recently that you would like to tell us about? Okay, there we go. Yeah, so I've got the recent stuff I've watched and done whatever, okay. So, I'm going to try to pare it down because I couldn't, if I've talked, it's been, what, a year since we've done one of these. But I, we, I was re-watching Black Mirror with uh, Heather, and it, it made me think of something I thought of a while back. I tried watching Doctor Who. The more the books more and comic ones. books, though. Oh yeah, duh. okay, ha ha. Not to throw you off your groove here, but no, all, no, no, you're right. I was, I was out of order. Okay, no. you're out of order, Carry sir. Good, on. we're gonna get right back to it because I got nothing new. Well, either I, okay on books though, I did read Michael Moorcock's, um, the Jewel in the Skull. and it was I I love his writing. I laugh though when I I'm reading it. And Heather goes. Michael Moorcock, I mean, what a name. I think he was good friends with Peter O'Toole back in Great Britain. <laughs> they used to go to the long time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But no, um, and now I'm on to the next book in that the the Ruin Staff series. But God, I love that guy's writing, and it just really brought it all back how much I enjoy it. So, yes, I have read, and it's been a while since I read a book, but I've uh, been trying to get back into reading and making myself, because I've got all these books books on my show but yeah uh jewel in the skull loved it i highly recommend it okay i've been staying current on my x-men and hulk and thor and mm-hmm. marvel titles across the board but mm-hmm. nothing new to report just new report. Okay. keeping up okay now some tv okay tv haha ha. so yeah i watched black mirror 
and I had watched Black Mirror before, and I've tried to watch Doctor Who, and the one takeaway, it's kind of funny, and I don't know if, if Ace is still listening, I hope so, and not to alienate him or anybody else, but it's one of those things that I watch these shows, and I'm thinking, why don't I just pull out a gun and shoot them? <laughs> and there's a lot of times where I'm like, if they just whipped out a pistol, they could solve this problem, you know, but Doctor Who's, we got to run from this thing. Oh, I have to use my superior intellect, you know, and like, and Doctor like, Who can't get a gun. Uh, yeah. You got to wonder. And then like, uh, but he's got a sonic screwdriver. And then like that one black mirror episode with those badass killer robot dogs, the whole time I'm thinking, man, if they had a gun, <laughs> this would have been fit, taken Depends care on of the five gun. minutes ago. Yeah. But I mean, but it's, but the show, they conveniently, and you know, they'll set episodes in different parts of the world, but that episode, these were people and you could tell the accents and the layout in the countryside. This is meant to be, I'm pretty sure, Great Britain. But the other thing is, in the countryside, you would think they would have hunting rifles. Well, and that's just it. At one point, the woman finds someone's country mansion, and he has a shotgun because they're allowed to own those for hunting purposes or whatever. And it did save the day when she finally got her hands on a damn shotgun, and one quick shot took the thing out, and I went, that's what I've been thinking the whole show was if it took, that's why they didn't set the thing in Texas contemporarily. Cause it'd been like, it had been over the robot uprising. Pow, pow, pow. Okay. Ro- 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 robot uprising is over, you know, thanks Clem, you know, no problem, man. <laughs> but I, anyway, I just, that funny aside, you know, that I thought, Hmm, that's why they have to set like a lot of horror stories back in the eighties or something now, yeah. because it's like, oh, I have a cell phone. Yeah. That, that would solve, yeah. yeah, every problem. That's why even uh, I aren't talking about Savage Worlds in game settings. They just did their, uh, where there's Pine Box High School or Middle School or something like that, and that's supposed to be their take on, you know, kids on bikes or something. Mm-hmm. But the latest thing is that it's set in the 80s because, of course, they even said, yeah, if you had cell phones, that would fix every problem or whatever. And why don't they give the kids guns? That would fix Stranger Things right there, too. Right. If there. they just all had M16s. Well, and I will say, like, the, they, when they shot the the demon horror thing, bullets didn't seem to really it hurt it, but it didn't just like one shot, one kill. So I could see where there it's like you got to have more than just a gun on the star faced devil alien. Um, you have to turn it up to 11. Right. On Roku. Uh, it's free, so go figure on Roku. But there's a thing called Doomland. Someone did this series of cartoons. I think it only went one season. They're not great. I'm already telling you, don't come back or go, ugh, Matt Rick missed. They're not great. But I will say, I like the visuals and I like the concepts. It very much kind of feel, parts of it feel like my really weird gonzo East Texas post apocalypse because it's just crazy. And you just be walking by, they're like two heads or, you know, green skin or one arm's missing or they're a tripod walking along just just walking by in the background on a scene or something i just like that and so it's it's like your east weird east texas because it's got some good concepts but overall not so great yeah i mean overall <laughs> if you watch it and you go or like you may like yeah like like okay i'll say the main characters you're, you're not, probably not gonna like them i mean i'm because i'll tell you right now i don't I, like the main characters of this show exactly but i'm just saying that i wasn't enthused with as far as maybe sometimes the stories were kind of meh or the characters are not very lovable, but the actual check and check. Yeah. But I'm just saying, but as far as the, the good thing is they're really quick. They're only about 15, 20 minutes long. And, and they're, I mean, like I said, you know, your mileage may vary, but I enjoyed the visuals and I like some of the concepts in the show. Like at one point, uh, there, the, the characters run a mobile bar in the post-apocalypse and so, like, if you can imagine, like, this great big kind of oversized RV thing that's a bar. 
So that's kind of neat. And the guy that owns it is Danny Doom, which, what a silly name, but it's, it's called Doomlands. But anyway, like in the very first episode, he's having almost like a uh, Super Bowl party. He's hosting at the bar, like, oh, it's going to be great for business. And there's a thing every year where basically it's like this arena battle where gigantic robots and mutants and people fight them and all that stuff with axes and machine guns. And I was like, oh, that's a cool concept. But then... And then this, all the shenanigans happens. We're in going the bar. to the Thunderdorm, Morty. Yeah. Well, then it's like next thing you know, like they lose their cable feed at the bar, and it's like everyone's like boo, you know. And he's like, we got to get the feed back on, and Morty. then that's and that's where it goes down the down the the rabbit hole. But anyway, so there's that. As far as TV, yep, TV. There's TV for you. Okay, TV for me. Rewatching mm-hmm. The Boys. Oh. Hopefully, there's a new season of that coming out pretty soon. Hopefully. So far, so good. You're sitting there theming. You had to go back and rewatch. And I don't know why, but I'm going back and rewatching and kind of watching again. Mash. Get out. I, Wait, I knew house. you were a big Alan Alda fan. So <sighs> Alan Alda, the sensitive man. <laughs> but it's actually a pretty funny show. It can be absolutely. So I was kind of surprised by that. And even my son, who's probably never seen an episode before, is enjoying it. Well, I, I will say as a kid, I probably watched every episode because there was nothing else on TV. You passively saw it. You had like there was episodes where I was like, I remember this. I shouldn't remember this, but yeah, I remember yeah, this. You're like, hey, yeah, I've, I'll be in a patient's room and they're watching. I'm like, ugh. But as I'm sitting here trying to tune it out and doing the, the dialysis treatment, I'll be going, oh, my God, I know I've seen this before. You know, and it's, yeah, like you said, you just, you're like, I don't remember it, but I remember it. You know, yeah. And it's just, that's kind of like uh, Mayberry. What is it? Uh, Andy Griffith mm-hmm. show. That shit is going to be in reruns in perpetuity. I mean, you know, just just be prepared. I, it seems, yeah, you, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere all the time. All right. How about some movies? Movies. Here we go. So we've watched a lot of stuff lately, but I've, I've pared it down. So first of all, one quick, this is, is it TV? Is it movies? But I watched Weird, the Weird Al story. I watched that one already. Yeah, and? I think I already talked about it. Don't you remember that one? Uh, no, not really. But again, I could see why because, eh, I mean. I gave it an eh. Yeah. You know, I mean, watch it. It's good for a laugh, sort of, maybe. I don't know. Okay. So, uh, me and Heather were talking, and she had never seen The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And I was like, what? And so she's like, I'd love to watch it. And I went, well, it was like available, I think, for free on some channel. So we watched it. Um, and so it really is silly. It's goofy, but it's got Dom DeLuise, Dolly Parton back in the day, mm, Dolly, uh, Burt Reynolds. I mean, it's even got Jim neighbors, you know, golly shucks. And it's got a lot of real good actors. You've seen a million times like, Oh, that guy, you know, it's really a good, a, a fun movie. Um, so back when there were Southern movies, exactly. And so this was originally a musical based off of a, a somewhat true story. So the true town where the chicken ranch was was Lagrange, oh, 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 a la the song by ZZ Top. They got a lot of nice girls there. Mm-hmm. Um, the story goes that Dolly gave Bert a hernia when he had to carry her at the end because you know she wasn't fat, but she was pretty solid and probably carrying like forty pounds worth of sil- silicon and or you know saline or whatever. Do not besmirch Dolly. I would. Hey, trust me. I was like, I, I like. I think even in Bert City, she was. He would. He would take a hernia again for her or whatever to carry her. Those are all natural. Exactly. Um, it was a 1982 film. The Chicken Ranch was closed in '73. 
Think about that. I mean, it was open until the early 70s. Pflugerville was their actual Texas scenes were shot. Uh, Marvin Zindler exposed all of this while part of an undercover task force. So actually a person in the government that the higher up in the government didn't know, they would have said, hey, hey, stop that. That's a Texas institution. But this guy lower down, he, he got this Mark uh, Marvin Zindler guy on the case. Um, the government actually didn't want to close close it, but it was politically expedient. By the time it had been exposed, they did some polls, and they're like, "Well, we got to do the will of the people." But a lot of the guys in the government didn't want to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie took a shit ton of creative license. Um, one thing it talked about, like Bert and, and Dolly both agreed, like they wouldn't do it unless the other one was with them in the movie, and they both negotiated their salaries together and made like. Pretty good money for the early 80s. Um, anyway, now, I don't remember that being a massive hit either. Actually, I'm sure it was successful, it, no, but it was, was it? It was successful, and actually, as far as musicals go, it was the highest grossing musical of the 80s or whatever. But then again, how many musicals were there in the 80s? But more than you would you'd remember, because that's not like, I know I'm not going on my way out of musicals, but anyway, Dom Dilley's is hilarious. Texas got a whorehouse in it. Lord have mercy on my soul. Anyway, it's, now it's, see if I think of the big hits, mm-hmm. I would say Cannonball, Cannonball oh. Run. Oh sure, yeah, it did what three of those? Or Burton something? had a lot of hits. You betcha. And then, um, as I talked about before, poor Heather is is bereft in that she's not watched all these great movies of the eighties. Oh no, not because her her parents had good taste, but um, ultimately. Uh, we, well, we, also your cradle, Robin. So yeah, it's true. It's Highlander. We had to watch Highlander. She had never seen it. What? See, look at the look. Of, like, I'm telling you, she's not even seen Star Wars. I mean, yeah. So I'm like, what? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah, now come on. Yeah, I was, I was, I was astonished. But I'm telling you, are you sure she's a real person and not <laughs> some <laughs> pod person that just rolled up on exactly. you? Exactly. I mean, she's led a sheltered life or something. But anyway. Highlander, 1986, Christopher Lambert, <laughs> Sean Connery, Clancy Brown, Canon Films. And that got me thinking. So many great films from the 80s were mm-hmm. Canon Films. Robocop, Canon Film. Highlander, Canon Film. At the time, I thought some other ones I remember. Oh, that was a Canon Film, too, you know. But Canon made some of the really best sci fi fantasy movies of the 80s. So, who's in the wrestling scene at the beginning? You know that one? Oh, that's the fabulous Freebirds. Right and I love their sequined. Uh, Confederate flag cloaks. I was like, yeah, you know, you look back on that now, you're like kind of cringing. But yeah, that was the fabulous Freebirds. Son, come on now. Um, but that they spent $19 billion on the budget. It only made $13 million at the box office. But it did so well aftermarket on VHS, etc., and became such a cult classic that supposedly they made three or four more. But as I told Heather, this is the only movie they ever made. <laughs> I.e., there's nothing worth watching past the first one. Uh, two is not so good. Three is almost a retelling of the first one in a way. Exactly. But I still like three. Yeah. I have, I've never, luckily I've, I've never seen any of them. And Gary used to love, there was a TV show for a while. And again, I, I was like, no. But, and I think in that timeline, he is the one. Yeah. Connor McLeod is still in it, but uh-huh. Connor McLeod gets killed. Yeah, which is it's like, like what? get out of here with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Someone once talked about like who would be the greatest swordsman in all these fantasy movies, and they had all these different pictures of people. And there's oh Connor McLeod, and I thought this guy was supposed to be alive for what nine hundred years, and he had killed hundreds of these other immortals. Yeah, he's probably the best swordsman here if you think about it like that. But anyway, um, Lambert. Just sometimes y'all, I've heard y'all like the Lambia. Yeah, Lambert spoke no English when cited for this film. No English. When they found it, they were freaking out. But to think, he learned a pretty good bit of English 
That's why they had to have the Scotsman play the what Egyptian Spaniard, which I love. Yeah, you had a, you had a, a, a Scotsman playing a. Egyptian, and you had a Frenchman playing a Scotsman who had, and neither one of them did their accents worth a crap. And I love they actually had voice voice coaches work with them. And still, if you watch them, you're like, that's the best they could do. Voice coaches, yes, because homeboy doesn't sound like a Scotsman, and the Scotsman sure as hell doesn't sound like a Spanish Egyptian, whatever. So that's kind of laughable. Um, Brown nearly decapitated Sean Connery, is is one of the stories. Connery shot all of his parts in one week and earned a cool million for it. Gotta love that. And rumor is he was drunk during most of the filming. No. And then uh, Queen was supposed to write one song for the film, but after seeing it, they wanted to write more. And, and Which is fantastic. Yeah. And there's some, there's some good songs in there. And the funny thing Great. was different, a different person in the band picked a scene they really liked and wrote the song like Freddie Mercury loved this scene so he wrote that song where what's cool is Freddie Mercury does a great version of New York New York it's in the film but you can't find it anywhere else and I hate that because it's a really cool rendition of New York New York um Kurt Russell was the first choice for Connor McLeod did you know that Mm-mm. um he he did uh good lord uh, Big Trouble in Little China instead. <laughs> that was the first thing that was on my brain. Yeah. Cause we, like we, Jack Burton's going to cut your head off. You know what Jack Burton <laughs> always does? Sense. He cuts people's heads off on yeah. the Pork Chop Express. Exactly. So in the end, you're like, was that a good choice or not? I don't know. He, history made decide. But apparently, he, you know, he was with uh, uh, Goldie Hawn by then, and she convinced him to do uh, Big Trouble. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the first choice for the Kurgan, which is interesting. But he was like, I don't want to play bad guys anymore. Clancy Brown uh, really got into the role. In fact, people were scared to be near him during the production. I can believe it. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty intense. I mean, he does a great job. And he received, but here's the crazy part. He received no payment for the work, not even residuals. To this day, he's still a little a little bitter about that. But that was one Plus of his. Plus, he's got that big scar on his throat. Yeah, yeah. But uh, supposedly they play off like, oh, you're going to get to be in scenes with the great and wonderful, you know, Sean Connell. Oh, this will be so good for your career and all that stuff. So in the end, he got zero payment. And here he is, the major villain, and was phenomenal as the villain as far as I mean to this day. Sounds like how I get art for the long con. Exactly. <laughs> it's exposure. You're going to be paid in exposure. <laughs> you're going to get paid, buddy. Anyway, yeah. Um, this, is, this is your ticket to the big time. Yeah. So I, we've, we've watched a lot of stuff lately, but I just cherry-picked those two because I thought those would be That makes me want to go watch the Highlander right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, it's been a minute. I, and I love the little anecdotes I find for you guys because even I'm like, what? You know. But the best thing out of Highlander 2, uh-huh. have you seen that one? God, no. I've Double dumbass to you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is Sean Connery says, double dumbass to you. Okay, yeah. So uh, he shows up. He just gets poof, revived. Hooray. And he shows up on a stage where they're doing Hamlet or something. Okay. And the guy's like, get off this stage, you dumbass. And he's like, well, double dumbass to you. <laughs> yeah, like, so that's almost worth the movie right there. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. But I'll say that's that's another anecdote, but I, I had to pare it down. So there's a million great anecdotes about Highlander. Sean Connery and Christopher Lambert got to be really chummy, really pals. And in fact, when Lambert got invited back to the second movie, he was like, I insist you find a way to bring Sean Connery. And they're like, uh, he's gone. It doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. I don't care. I'm surprised Sean Connery came back even for if it was just a week of drinking booze. But but, but apparently I think he had so much fun and they, and they made it work in that one yeah. week and he got a million bucks. He's like, if you dumbasses keep throwing money at me and I'll keep coming and being in these dumbass, you know, movies or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, b- bully for him, you know. Well, it's kind of like 
what is it, uh, Michael Caine? Yeah. Where Jaws 3, I think, mm-hmm. and they're like, have you ever seen that movie? It's horrible. And he's like, I've never seen the movie, but I saw the house that it paid for, so it's fantastic. Yeah, there you that, go. It could be one of those things. Uh-huh, exactly. No, I mean, you got to figure out of a $19 million budget, $1 million of that went to Sean freaking Connery, so, you know, but they were like, ooh, we get Sean Connery. Video games. Video games. So... That yeah, I I'll tell you I broke down a couple weeks back. And I had a little bit of time. Like, what can I do with this time? You know, I said, yeah, I'm gonna. I get know on, what you could do with your free time. I'm gonna get on, get on, and play a little For Honor. I played For Honor for about an hour. Had a lot of fun. Man, the first couple games, oh, it was bad. I was rusty, yep. but that muscle memory kicked in, and man, I had that sledgehammer guy. I was jacking stuff up. It was like, oh, this feels good, like the old days. And I played a little bit, about a couple hours here and there of '76 lately. And I won't lie, I was like, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's some new quests, but I don't want to invest the time into a quest because I'm like, I'm only going to be on for an hour. But in an hour, there's a little place I love to go and just, uh, I know there's a lot of super mutants here and I'm just popping their heads, pop, 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 you know, with my AK or whatever. And that's nice, but it's like, when I have the time to dedicate, I look forward to maybe doing these new quests because there's been a couple DLCs since I quit. So I don't know. So I've been replaying Super Mario Brother Lost Levels. Oh. which is the basically Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan that was too hard for the Americans to play. Oh. So we got that reskinned other game. So that's why Mario Brothers 2 is so weird on mm-hmm. the NES. Mm-hmm. So that's almost Dark Souls-esque because it's so difficult. Huh. You're like, all right, I'm going to do this level. I'm going to attempt this level over and over and over oh, and over. start over if you die within an inch of the final pole usually jump on and then it's like okay I did this level I'm done for now yeah you gotta just walk away certain amounts of frustration but I beat it before this is a replay so having a good time well good yeah I saw you post on Facebook like what's your favorite Mario and a lot of people were saying 3 it seemed like yeah and that's one where 3 is really good the only nod that I'll give to the very first one is because it was such a leap from Atari graphics. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Oh, I remember playing the, at the arcade Super Mario Brothers. Is that what, like, was, was first at the arcade, right? Wasn't it? Uh, probably. But, but yeah, I played the crap out of the arcade, but also on the on the old Nintendo, the original Nintendo. Oh, we played the crap out of it. You know, that had those little cheat codes like everything else. But it was so different than all the other stuff in the oh, arcade yeah, yeah. and all the Atari stuff that came no, before it, it. That game was groundbreaking. Absolutely. You're yeah. like, I can actually tell what this stuff is supposed to be it's not just random shapes and mm-hmm. hey those are spaceships yeah you know and i love you know the stars and the, the jump around and the mushrooms and that made you bigger and the fireballs i mean that was again that was a lot of different bells and whistles for a game that was pretty cool i swear no one calls me but i try to do a damn podcast anyway never try let that be the lesson exactly do or do not there is no try well luckily we are moving along to the topic yeah can you handle that Yes. So this was suggested by our good friend, Jason L. Oh, good. thanks, Jason. A long con VIP, if mm-hmm. ever you've seen one. If ever. So he wanted to see what was our, like, the best of the year. And I don't remember anything about the year, so this was really difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, we really had to. I think we were supposed to have done this, for like, a month ago. And, yeah, I know. Well, we took a long break yeah, it's between true. podcasts. So, yeah, I mean. So we had ample time to figure out what was the best of this and best of but of that. course i didn't i put it all together last night at the last minute yeah it was me at work the other day when i had an idle moment yeah okay so the best movie 
Okay. And uh, our rules for this is, I think you had to see it in this year, but it does not have to be of this year. Oh, okay. Well, that was good to know. Um, so I'll give you maybe the best movie I saw again this year mm-hmm. was The Thing. Oh, okay, cool. But I have other movies to, to, to mention, but oh. as an example. Do you want me to keep talking while you search your phone? Uh, I've got it. I'm, okay, I'm, go I'm ahead. ready. Okay, so my movie for last year, which actually came out last year, which I got to watch you in a theater, a... which was wonderful. Holy shit, who is trying so hard to blow me up? But no, was Elvis. I really oh, thank you very it. much. Uh-huh. I don't know. Nothing really motivated to me where I'm like, I've got to see that movie. There really was great production value. As always, I'll say what you will about old... Um, that guy that played the bad guy in the it, guy Colonel with Parker. Face. Yeah, but um, he he's a great actor, and he he really was did a great job with Colonel Parker. And the kid they got to pick play Elvis, man, I mean, he did a great job, and it was really a well made movie. I enjoyed it, and it but I, there's a built in draw for me. I'm an Elvis fan. I mean, I grew up listening to Elvis. I, as a child, I won a talent contest dressed as Elvis doing Hound Dog. Uh-huh. Dressed as Elvis, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but yeah. not singing as Elvis. Oh no, I, I well I lip synced, but I was doing you know pelvic thrust as like a third oh, grader up on the stage. You and you have to remember this is in 1943. Exactly. So. <laughs> World War II was in full swing. Uh huh. You know, technically, if you follow the timeline, there Elvis wasn't even exactly yet. But but okay, he did it there. before. He's a time traveler. He's, I I am a t- I'm a man a man out of time. Anyway, you know, I really enjoyed Elvis it, because I thought it had to be from last year, but, oh, well, it's all good. Okay, well, with that said, was uh, is there anything else that you'd like to put on there? Well, really, what I originally want to say, the best movie that came out last year that I saw in the theater would have to be Doctor Strange, right? We saw that. Man, wasn't that awesome? Yeah. Okay, oh, I... Th- <laughs> I was, See, wait, I just double-blinded him right there. Yeah, because I was going to wait like before, and I said, Heather's never seen Star Wars with his jaw. I wish I could see He was like, are you, you're making this up. Well, I was waiting for him to go, you're full of shit, but he knows me too well. Yeah, no, I hated Doctor Strange. It was awful. But anyway, yeah. It was okay. Eh, I mean, it wasn't awful, maybe, but there's reasons why I didn't like it. So for my movies, yeah, I'm going to give you The Last Duel. Nah, nah, that was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But that was 2021. Ah, but when you so. take into account all the streaming and all that. Yeah, you saw it on streamer. Like, I saw it on streaming last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I still, I'm going to put that in there. I'll let that count. And I'm going to say, I actually went back and read some stuff too. And, oh, Legris uh-huh. was a, actually a big dude. Uh-huh. Where they have him being, what is it, Adam Driver? Uh-huh, which kind of, he's kind of a narrow guy, but... But it was one of these, like, David and Goliath sort of fights. Oh, wow. Where it was like, oh, he's definitely going to win. You're definitely going to get your ass kicked by him. Yeah. So they really should have got some guy who was just this big hulking so guy. So that should have been Arnold in his prime or something and been yeah, like, yeah, yeah. are you sure? Yeah. You sure you want to Wasn't somebody him? else that yeah. did this? Yeah. But in that one, and here's your trigger warning or whatever, but maybe historically it's not that much of a spoiler mm-hmm. because his wife... Uh, not Adam Driver's, but uh, Croge's, I think, is yeah, what it was. Matt Damon's character. Right? Yeah. yeah. His wife gets raped in it. And I was like, that's really hard scene to watch. Yeah. Because you end up watching it a lot. It's like, this is from this viewpoint and this is from that viewpoint. Yeah. So you get Adam Driver's viewpoint and it's like, ooh, he, he, he. And then you get hers and you're like, oh, fuck. That's that's really a hard, hard scene to, to watch. Yeah, hard to watch. And that might have what hurt the movie kind of. As far as, because, you know, that's, 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 yeah, that's tough to watch. But it's a very good movie. Yeah. And the movie that I have to give for 
2022, though, mm-hmm. to play the game fairly, uh-huh. is Prey. Oh, yeah, you enjoyed that. The and that Predator was, movie. And that was made for TV, but it was a made-for-TV movie, so that's still, yeah, quality. It's kind a movie. movie. It's a Hulu movie. Yeah, me much mentioning uh, Weird earlier. That was a made-for-TV movie, movie length. Yeah, so, yeah, you seem to really enjoy that. Apparently, you must. That's your... It was Top good for last year, yeah. But I mean, I came up with about five other things that I watched too that I was like, I like this more. But yeah. if you haven't seen Prey, that was I'd put it over Doctor Strange too, I guess. Oh, I'd so I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying anything yeah. for you. Yeah. Okay, the best book and or comic book. Well, I funny you talk about this. I because I think you had said hey, it didn't have to be from last year. I reread the Elric books last year. Some of them really enjoyed that. But we, we read a book, which was the uh, the Game Wizards, right? That's what I've got for my book, too. And what too. I'll say is that really, but that's about the only book I read that was new. So, But I feel like The Empire of Imagination is the better book between the hmm. two. But what do you think? And I, you know. Mm, they're going for different things or whatever. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, if, if you're a person who's going to appreciate the numbers, then yeah, you're which probably, I am. Yeah, and there you go. So you're probably going to be more of a. Game I love wizard. those little data nuggets. Yeah, but that one's bone dry to read in a lot of places. Exactly. Whereas the Empire of Imagination is more the stories or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it, yeah, you're like your mileage may vary. So it's interesting that we. It's both, almost a textbook versus and, a novel. And or I'm something. not saying the Game is a bad book. I was just saying that for me, between the two. I lean more towards Empire of Imagination. Eddie, obviously, towards more Wizards of uh, Game Wizards. But both books are worth reading. They're very interesting. If I had to sit down and read one right now, Mm -hmm. I would probably rather read Empire of Imagination. But there were so many little trivia nuggets in the Game Wizards that I like. There were some nuggets. And I'll tell you, definitely in Game Wizards, there was even one that I was like, I didn't know that. Mm Because during the year, you learn a lot of the lore if you live in the world we live in or just coming up in those days. So there was one thing I was like, what? I remember there was a few, like this guy really found some interesting bits of data. So absolutely. Like I love the story about, um, we talked about this recently. You, you did that. Arneson like charged up and took the plaque <laughs> and then everyone's like, I guess we'll let him keep it. You know, whatever. That's a neat story. That's well, it. that one, a yeah. lot of the people applauded. Yeah. They were like, yay, screw TSR. Yeah. You've earned Bravo that. For you. So I mean, TSR, Hasbro, Watsi, they've been burning the bridges. Yeah, I love people like all through their this existence. Is new. No, they've been doing some they're used to it sounds like and I never knew this because you're just I now was some kid, but if you were someone more in the know back like some adults, if I'd have been an adult that time, TSR's name was mud in the greater gaming community because they had done so much devious, dirty kind of crap. And the first thing they did was go after small independent publishers that had anything in the realm of role playing because they thought they owned the whole concept. Yeah, they thought, yeah, the concept was theirs. And they even screwed over Arneson. It's like the, the thing I hate what And happened. then they screwed over Gygax. I know. So, yeah. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, but the two guys that originally made the game both before it was over with got screwed out of what was rightfully theirs. And it's really sad. And I mean, I shouldn't say it, but I'll say it again that. You know, Gary was complicit to kind of screwing Arnold over, I mean, Arneson. And then in the end, Gary kind of paid the price. I call it karmic or whatever. And it's a shame. But yeah, I think in the end, he learned his lesson. He was humble about the whole thing. And he sounded like I've, everything I've ever heard about him in his latter years, he was a sweetheart. Um, but it's just a shame that both the guys couldn't have been more amicable and not been, been so cutthroat, whatever. But you'll learn all this stuff reading those books, and they're phenomenal books. Anyway. Okay, um, comic books for me. Go ahead. I'm going with Immortal Hulk, of course, because oh, I've talked about it that much. Yeah, you practically just fanboyed over it. But that one wrapped up in 21. 
So true. that one's kind of in and out. And mm-hmm. then probably the best comic I read this year was Rage More. Mm, yeah, it was a good one. With the Living Castle. Oh, yeah, I love that. And that's that. a 2012 comic. So yeah, but you just read those kind of yeah. Year. That's where it's kind of like ah, you get to bend the rules. Well, and, and see, I don't know when Headlopper came out, but I introduced you to and started reading. I did Headlopper last year. Love the visuals, love the stories, love the characters. I can't say enough good things about Headlopper. Yep, the comics and the guy only does like four at a time, but they're really good size. So I mean, yeah, you're only getting four, but they're easily way bigger than a traditional comic. And he wraps up the story in those four, and he does that. And he's done it two or three times, three, four times now, where it's just, boom, I'm putting out four. And he's done that a handful of times. And, of course, I would say Barbarian Lord, but I'm not sure when that one came out exactly. Yeah, and that's a good one, That one's good. Very Conan-esque. Exactly. TV show. Well, and this is something that I was really racking my brain. But as far as something that came out last year, and I know that but your opinion of Stranger Things has vacillated through the years. But mm-hmm. when I came to the table raving about the most recent series of Stranger Things, you went out and watched it. And even you were like, almost like begrudging, like, all right, I got to give him props. This is probably. You yeah, know. well, I ended up watching that during the COVIDs. Yeah, that's true. But but I'll say that, yeah, I, Stranger Things for me was probably the best TV series. What do you want to call it? Yeah, for me, last year. But I don't watch a whole ton of TV anyway, probably. The theme with that, and that last season was good. Yeah, absolutely. But boy, was it long, and yeah. they're spread out over so many places. Well, that's like your complaint. about The very first season of Strange Things, I raved about it, and you were like, man, this could have been three, and it would have been perfect. And I, and then I didn't refute that. I didn't you know, fight you on that. And again, I'll say with this one, even I caught myself at times like going, come on. You know, but it's almost like we're giving you six, fill it up. And it's like, well, we got to drag the story. No, either find enough story to fill the six or condense it down to three or something. But again, or it's going to be six episodes, but they're two hours a piece. Yeah. And it's like uh, that. You do do realize that's six movies. Yeah. yeah. Why don't, why don't we do like one hour, you know, each time that would have been great. But yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm just stranger things. The series last year's, most recent version or whatever. Well, then it will be no surprise that I take our other perennial favorite, The Boys. Oh, yeah. And again, The Boys, yeah, yeah. So you can't go wrong with either yeah. one of those. The We're whole seasons, the, the whole series so far on those has been really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a really good season. I had right. some interesting uh, things happen in that. Absolutely. Name one. Oh, let's see, the part where they liberate the guy from the Russian, you know, where he's being held captive. He's what, Soldier Boy or whatever. No, that was uh, Stranger Things. Ah, the guy gets out of the Russian prison. You're so funny. Um, and then, like, the part where they took the, they went and actually made uh, the main bad guy flee from the fight because it was Soldier Boy and a super sermed up uh, butcher, you know, put the, the beat And down. Huey. Yeah. And they made oh, it the one thing I will say about that that's been memed to death is when Starlight gets her big power up uh-huh. and then it's like, wee, she knocked him down. Yeah. You think she's going to have some big like Cyclops blast where it's like she just cuts through half the building or something. It's like she powered all this power up and knocked him over. Wow. That was kind of lame. Yeah. And that that's a shame, you know, for every time that I go, wow, really girl power. But there's there's a time where Starlight's a great character. She earned it. They should have let her have one of those knock them across the you know, exactly. countryside kind of things. Yeah. Okay. Um, best 
video game. I well, bet this one's going to be one game and one game alone. Yeah, and we, we already both knew this. So, sadly, you know, like I said, I'd made certain solemn oaths about, you know, laying off games till certain things were done or whatever. But I, right when I was out, they pulled me back in. You know, Eddie and Cody and Gary were like, you got to come play Elden Ring. Elden Ring, man. Loved it. It was great. Yeah, it was really good. And the funny thing with that is I made sure my Kickstarter was wrapped up in time mm-hmm. that it would not overlap with Elden Ring. Because you knew you were going to go down that rabbit hole hard. Yep. And I did too. I won't lie. I played the poop out of that. Because I tell you, when, I mean, I beat, what, what's the first one that you really got me in on, which was? Um, three. Yeah, three. Yeah, Dark Souls 3. And I enjoyed it. And I am caught myself going back to play it a couple of times. That being said, I mean, I, I wasn't in a rush or a big hurry, but it was kind of like, boom, Gary, uh, Eddie had beat it. Next thing you know, I was this close to beating it, but I'd had like three or four nights row where I was out till like 10, 11 or 12 o'clock. I couldn't play. And then boom, Cody beat it. I feel like if I had had short days, I might would have beat Cody, but then Cody. So then boy, I never heard the end of it from Eddie and Cody about, Oh, we're Elden Lords. Whatever. So, I, so I beat it in fairly short order. Didn't matter. You know, it's like, Oh no, you know, third place is third place forever. Exactly. But yeah, no, but, but I had a lot of fun with it, you know, and it's, it's even Eddie said, it's like, Elden Ring is no uh, Bloodborne, Dark Souls. I mean, it's still got those parts you're like, ugh, but it's still not as, I won't say bad's not the right word, but it's not as challenging yeah. as, you know, but still the, it's challenging and the challenge is there. But yeah, but I, I had a lot of fun with Elden Ring and I've caught myself going back to replay that some too. Best board game. Yeah, so I was wondering if you were going to think oh. you did that. Okay. Well, I haven't played a lot of board games in the last year. You played a ton. I'll be yeah, I sure have. You. But I'll say that I've really been enjoying Descent Legends in the Dark. Mighty decent of you. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I'm going to go with Ticket to Ride, oh. which is a 2007. It's, so it's a bit of a cheat. And I'll say that's one that gets... I've heard... Even I'm not in the board game more that much. I've heard everybody raves about Ticket to yep. Ride. So thanks, Kirby. And then if I have to choose one from 2022, Mm -hmm. I'll go with Amelia Flory, the glass making game. Yes. I remember like the last time I was here, which has been forever. I said, Hey, what about this game? You're like, I haven't played it yet. Don't know. Now you've ran it at the game store. Apparently you must've liked it. Yeah. And I I, I don't want to go like, I made a lot of sales on that or whatever. Cause it's not, I'm just demoing it and they didn't have it in store. Mm -hmm. But uh, my buddy MJ is like, I'm obsessed with that game now. Wow. So I'm like, yeah, that's pretty high praise. Yeah. Wow. So if you have none of these games, run out immediately and get Ticket to Ride. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. And I'll say, if you want the experience of being able to play something similar to a role-playing game, a traditional kind of D&D type of thing, without an actual game master, like you're like, oh, I always get stuck. I'm the perpetual game master. This is, uh, Descent is app-driven. Mm-hmm. And Heather and I played about four of the quests now, and we've really enjoyed it. Give yourself a good block of time. I mean, but that's true to be said of even like a role playing game. You don't sit down to play a role playing game with like, oh, we got about an hour and a half. But if you got, you need about a good two, two and a half, three hour block of time if you want to really take your time and enjoy it to do one of these quests. It's that involved. And it, but they're fun. Uh, we, we, we really enjoyed it. Okay. So here's an, a, 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 in this vein, uh, game paraphernalia. See, I knew that one was coming. Uh-huh. And I think I might have had something, but heck if I know. Why don't you go ahead? Well, I'm going to have to go with what it's, it's been in the pipe forever, but it came out last year was Weird Frontiers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that wow. was, that's going to be my, but I'm gonna, an honorable mention 
for Pathfinder for Savage Worlds. We've been running the local game store. Oh, yeah. We've had a lot of fun with it. And I've, yeah, it, it's getting some good buzz, definitely lately, you know. Yeah. Well, I w- guess I could also uh, take a Zeta Complex, even though it's not out. Yeah. Since there's been some playtest rules and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But to follow the official rules, I'll go with Weird Frontiers as well. Yeah. And that's kind of thought we can, we probably agree on that one. That's one that we've been so anxious to have the actual book. We've had the, I mean, the rules have been available for a while, but yeah, to have the actual book in your hand in the hardback, the adventures is, it's just really exciting. You know, it's a really high quality book. Way to go, David. And again, David, I mean, there's been things that were outside his control and various hiccups and things, but David's such a wonderful person and he's kept everyone so well informed about what's going on at every step. Well, that was one Kickstarter that I wanted, but I was never worried if I was going to get it because we knew David. We know David. He's absolutely, there's never, he wasn't going to raggy us or whatever. So, did I say that out loud? Well, you get a chance to say it to his face. Won't that be nice? Yeah. This uh, coming up in TRPG. I figure I was going to have to be holding you back so you weren't whooping his ass. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> this is where I am of two minds. Because <laughs> I'm kind of like a yeah. V and B for Vendetta, uh-huh. where it's like all you have is your, uh, what is it, like your dignity or your, your per- personal morals and ethics. Uh-huh. I'm like, the V for Vendetta in me is like, you got to go say something to this guy. Yeah. But then the polite reasonable me is like this is not your house yeah this is not your guest yeah it's kind of bad manners exactly like if this was some oddball con that like if we went to gary con and he was there that's when i'd have to hold you back (laughs) (laughs) then i'd be allowed to spit in his face exactly you'd be like where's my money motherfucker but he does not get nearly enough heat he really doesn't he it Nobody's talking about this. Well, well yeah. Well, and the people that talk about it are like, don't worry. He's a good guy. It's coming. It's like, no, it, it's like that. It's 10 years. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I give anybody. And it's not even like it's coming. There's a par- problem with the paper. It's like, I haven't sat down and done it. Yeah. <sighs> let, me, let, let me tell you this. What's well, a funny example of this. And I don't, we ever talked about this. I think we did, but I was at ReaperCon and some girl had something on her t-shirt and it was something cool, cool or amusing, you know, and I got, Hey, cool t-shirt. And off of that, we got to talking and then somehow we got on GRR Martin. And like when she mentioned him, I couldn't help but I, I said, F that guy. And she just looked at me indignantly and said, how, how dare you? And I said, no, I love his writing and I've, I've cherished his books and devoured them. And I watched the, the show or whatever, but I'm like, but, but it's ridiculous that he's taken this much time to get the next book. out." She crawled up my butt. Like, how dare you walk a mile in his shoes and think of the pressure on him. And I'm going, get a ghostwriter. Tell him what you intended, whatever. Get it out. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you're making your fans wait. Um, yeah. Now um, think about if he pre-sold you the book. Exactly, yeah. I've already paid for it, buddy. And, and that's, again, you were a loyal fan. Eddie used to be like, oh, I was a man. loyalist. He was a loyal, raving fan of, like, like one of the things went to North Texas that first year. He said, I don't care what we play. We've got to play that Tower of the Stargazer. Oh, man, you know, whatever. And we we both loved it. I was like, man, I bought the book based off that. Because mm-hmm. somebody had it, you know, the, you know, uh flame princess whatever yeah the guy that ran it for us did a good job Mm -hmm. that's a good adventure oh yeah and it's not a bad game system you know but there's so many others that was a little bit earlier in the osr lifespan Mm -hmm. and then we discovered dcc which scratches that weird role playing was talking about 
him, like now I think they probably, I don't know this, but I know he hasn't done anything with them lately, but back in the day, he actually wrote one page in the Dungeon Alphabet book. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, let's call on Raggy. Before Raggy started getting, going, <laughs> being all weird and wild and, and like, flying the bird on the establishment and everybody and doing Kickstarters that never fill and stuff like that. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, DCC scratches that weird gonzo itch or whatever. Um, but that's yeah. 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 So go ahead and vote on our poll here. Do we, uh, spit in his face or <laughs> practice good manners? Exactly. Do we trip and accidentally put an elbow in his, in his windpipe or whatever? But no, oops, it was an accident, but no, um, but yeah, but it's cool. We're going to be back at North Texas, a special guest. Did you get your special guest package? What? <laughs> no. Oh my. Well, never mind. I've never heard of such by things. email or what by mail. No, we're supposed to literally get, yeah. You know, like a thing, like here's what to expect. I don't know, so did yeah. it get mailed to you? I'm actually just teasing you. Oh, um, I was going to say. Singular had talked about it. But and he said they were supposed to have been out in the wild. I haven't gotten mine yet. I was curious if you use this how this works out. You'd be like, I got mine a week ago, ho oh, ho, or whatever. And I'm over here going, well, here I am again, chopped liver. You know. No, I'm no. just happy to stay top billing. Oh no, exactly. Oh, but yeah. this does lead me to yet another controversial. The best. <gasps> oh my. What was the best con of last year? So you got Gary Con, uh-huh. NTRPG, uh-huh. and Long Con. And was there anything else? Well, I think I, that's it. I right? will say in this, might you know, be, you went to Reaper Con, so you got to sure put did. Reaper in there too. Yeah, you got to throw Reaper under the bus. Yeah, I will say that um, it was the best long Times. con ever. Ha ha! But no, I mean, we love North Texas. It was the of the cons. Yeah, I mean, we got God, we got treated generally like for the first. I mean, we've been special guests before, and we always appreciate that. I'm so glad that. I think it was Doug's last year at the, that we saw him at the con. We got to be special guests that year and spend so much time with Doug. And I'll always cherish that time. In fact, I watched a night's tale the other night, kind of in honor of Doug because he loved that movie. And I was talking to single R about it. And he said, it's, it's hard for him to watch anymore because you know, I mean, him and Doug were so close, but, um, but no, but I mean, no, I'm obviously, but this last year at North Texas, I literally felt, like like well, I'm kind of a celebrity. I mean, I really did last I'm year. I'm something of a special guest yeah, myself. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. You put it on that guy. No, so North Texas, obviously, it's it's the best con in Texas, but hot on its heels. Don't Whereas I'm going to go the bold choice <gasps> and say the long con was the best. Wow, look at this guy. The best for me. There you go, yeah, yeah. Because this was our biggest and best. This was our biggest best. And, and it, it's kind of like, what's the best adventure that's ever come out? Mm-hmm. Well, that Carnage Casino may not be the best thing ever written, second best maybe, but doing it yourself and mm-hmm. seeing it's like watching your little baby take flight. Mm-hmm. This long con was like that too. And then there's like, what? NTRPG, I had the best games. Mm-hmm. But at the long con, I got mm-hmm. to see us shine and I got to feel the pride and satisfaction of a job well done. Oh, yeah. So there's that second layer of it. Oh yeah. Well, no, I, I could let in the preamble was, was that this was the best long con ever. And what's funny was not that any of them ever been bad. Eddie works so hard and is such a perfectionist. That's they, true. They always come across like even our very first one, there were guys that were like, this is y'all's first con. And we we're like, yep. And they were like, I don't believe that. I mean, so even our first one was great, but that being said, as good as the other ones have been, this one, everything hit. 
Yeah, it fired was, on all cylinders. It was it was phenomenal. It was great really guests. Great. Oh yeah, phenomenal guests. And we got great attendees. A great, we, a great well, space. One thing we've always said: we wanted to see more of our buddies from North Texas show up. This was that year. Yep. Singular was there. Bill uh, Barsh was there. You know, uh, a lot of people that we've known for years from North Texas finally showed up. Like this was the year. And we didn't have to entertain LaSalle and we didn't have to entertain Beatty for a change. You know, those mm. DCC celebrities just really drained the life out of you with yeah. all their demands. But, and it was cool. We had, you know, Matt Robertson and uh, his running buddy or whatever. You know, those guys have almost been kind of synonymous. You know, they do raw. On the Twitch. Stefan. Yeah, Stefan. Those guys were there. They were super nice guys. Our dinner was phenomenal. And it was kind of funny yeah. because even Gary was kind of butthurt. He's like, damn, y'all celebrity dinner is way better than our celebrity dinner. I said, well, yeah. We don't we don't mess around, son. A lot of our special guests were like, "This is how you should do it. This is the the treatment that you should get." Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, have I changed your opinion yet? Yeah. Am I am I bringing you over? Well, I mean, but you know, I'm always going to try to be humble. You know, I mean, and we really love, love, love North Texas. Anyone knows that this is our thirteenth, twelfth, thirteenth year. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be thirteen. Well, if this is your fifteen. We first came for the first time the third year. So it'd be 12. So it'd be 12. Yeah, this is our 12th year then, I guess. But it feels like it should be 15. And I will say the last NTRPG I went to was one of my favorite ones. And I think I played one game. Uh-huh. Most of the time I just hung out and had family reunion time. Yeah, yeah. But that, that was a lot of fun. But that was a lot of fun. But And no, no, no. I loved hanging out with, you know, Couch and Ian and Watson or whatever. Those guys are phenomenal. The Lilies. The Lilies, which they're, I love all of them. And uh, our good buddy Rad Ron, you know, was there and hanging out a lot with us and stuff. I think he's, they've asked him to do a paint situation See, those guys, they're knocking us off too much. It's uh-huh. like all of our good ideas. See, we used to steal their good ideas. Now they're stealing ours. See how this works? And our attendees. I know, I know. But that's a, but I like that we're having this cross-pollinization thing here. That's phenomenal. And I love the people that are good about wearing their long con gear on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've got the girls again this year for Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. We'll have to find the smallest T-shirts. Oh, I mean, uh, some large baggy T-shirts for them to wear. No, um, but now, but otherwise, Gary Con, I don't want to poop on Gary Con too hard. But that's what the listeners well, want. No, we already have. If you want to go back and listen to the when we got from Gary, the post Gary Con report, go listen to it. I'm not going to rehash that. But Gary Con, you don't see me going. And there's people that assume that they're like, "Well, I'll see you at Gary Con." I hard to tell them. Like, no, you won't. You know, maybe in the future, but not this year. And then ReaperCon wasn't bad, but it's not a gaming con. And I love people try to argue with me about that. And I'm like, argue all you want. It's working towards being that maybe, but they're not there yet. They're not there yet. But again, do they want to be? If that's a painting con, and it is, and let it be. It'd be like, hey, let's get some magic games going on at Long Con so it can become a a, a magic con. And it's like, no, uh, that's no. not what we want to be. No. So, and and I will say that if if you want to go paint some miniatures, man, you've got and see some beautifully gorgeously painted miniatures. You couldn't do any better than ReaperCon. It's phenomenal. It was a great venue. Everything was laid out really well. You could tell they had some good staff. They had their act together. I mean, overall, it was a great con, but it was a painting con. I almost, in retrospect, wish I had went and just painted minis or something. I kind of learned some new techniques and came home with a couple of well-painted, you know, Reaper makes beautiful miniatures. Mm-hmm. Support, support a local business. They're 
They're out of Denton, Texas. And I'll tell you, the tour there is free and phenomenal. You just have to get with them in advance. Which, again, how nice are that they put aside staff to do these tours. They don't have to do yeah, that. Yeah, it was a great tour. And they gave us some little freebies and stuff. And they've got some... Uh, some of their their paints are phenomenal, and they got ones that somehow are like mislabeled. But you can play and look at it and go, mm, "That's blue. Oh, uh, that's green." I mean, you know, who cares what the label says? And they sell them for like a buck a piece. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of neat stuff in that uh, little gift shop at the end. Now, so ultimately, I'd have to put Gary Con at the bottom of that list, but out of what four cons? And but North Texas and Long Con, right there, you know, right there, right there at it, right there at it, son. All right. Did you have any more surprise bests you wanted to pull out on me? No, no, no. I don't have any. I'm not going to flat foot you with anything. That was pretty much, um, that was it, I think. Flat footing's half the fun. I know. For you, look at this devil granny's got, if y'all could see it. That's why we have to. Eventually, we we will return to Twitch. I keep trying to twist his arm for us to do our own Twitch, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Because you know what it means if we do our own Twitch. What's that mean? That means I got to figure out how to do it on Twitch because <laughs> it ain't Matt that's going to figure out how to do this. <laughs> well, here, let me go. Boo, you know, I mean, I know, I know. Like I say, hey, I give you a lot of props. I have to, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you think so. <laughs> Be a hell of a note if I did. But yeah. But, Speaking you know. of all the other things that I do. Yeah. This will probably, this will be the first podcast that goes up on Podbean, Podbean for the first time instead of on SoundCloud. Yeah. So I hopefully hope that, you found us. I hope folks aren't thrown off. Yeah. And it'll be on the YouTubes. But yeah. you'll see a Facebook post probably right, before right, you right. hear this podcast. And we have a lot of people that are in our Facebook group uh, for this. Yeah. But if you're a Twitch expert, I guess mm-hmm. give us a shout. Yeah. Let us know. Which I noticed like when I was on Ryan's deal, Rolling Bones, he does it on so and so and then loads it to YouTube. And then when I was on the other thing, well, we do it on Twitch and we upload it to, but it's like, it seems like everybody uses some sort of a service like Twitch or um, what's the thing that um, Talking Crit and I think Ryan were both using. I don't know. Anyway, but there's usually these different services we could utilize and then upload it to YouTube, whatever. Now, here's the thing is, would we would we want to do it live? Would we have to do it live. Would people want it live or just be able to watch it at your leisure after the I mean, I love Well, the, even if it's live, your video will be on there. Yeah. So but, if we did it at nine o'clock tonight, somebody could watch it at 10 a.m. two weeks from now. Yeah, because the one thing still, if we did our own, we wouldn't be beholden to like if like if we talked about doing on a week on a weeknight where like we'll project a month out, well, I mean, we, we know we have to worry about a conflict with somebody else or time. Cause I know, I know when I'm going to be off, you know what I mean? But there's been people like, we want you on our podcast just so you know, you can blame me that like, well, we do our podcast on Wednesdays at seven. I'm like, I can't guarantee you I'll be off that day at seven. Look, well, nowadays I can look and go, okay, I'll be off this given Wednesday, whatever. Well, that doesn't work for them. Blah, blah, blah. You know, because I work long, erratic hours. But anyway, and that's why we haven't had one of these for a while. Well, that that's not entirely true. Someone's a love bug, and he was tied Heather? down for a week. You? Tell you what, Mr. Eddie, I want y'all, he loves Miss Jennifer, and for some inexplicable reason, she loves him too. Yeah, and we'll there see. was there was a week that they had to be together, so we'll we see. couldn't podcast. You know. Well, that's my one out of Matt's 100 times that we haven't been able to do this. <laughs> yeah, most times it's Because somebody else is wrapped up in the love nest right now. What? Anyway. 
All Hi, right. Heather. <laughs> she's probably already signed off because she's like, how dare you out me about my non-Star Wars Yeah, I Wars hope watching. she's watching Star Trek right, or Star Wars right now. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, did you have any of the best to add or anything? Best podcast ending. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. I think it goes something like this. I could tell by the clock on the wall, we're all out of hit points. Ah. <sighs>